Hey guys, I'm Taylor. And I'm Erica. And we're your hosts for Finding the Family. Finding the Family was designed as a way to give you resources from different ministry leaders, different professionals, and different conversations about how to be disciples at home. And the biggest thing we want to do is help you find your family identity in Christ. We're picking up today's episode with our conversation from Mitch and Renee Vizzo from last week. So if you haven't tuned in yet, make sure you go and watch that episode. But we're going to pick up with the topic of family worship with Mitch and Renee. So that was something I actually wanted to ask you. Like, yeah. do you feel like being a stay-at-home mom, especially with kids at such a young mm-hmm. age, is it ever a struggle, do you feel like, to have worship happening? And not just in the sense of like we, we were talking about, you know, it being confined to singing, but like in other ways. Do you are you able to, you know, have that in your home? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, so. Um, we have a keyboard in my house, and I one of my favorite things to do is just like sit and play and sing. I wish I knew how to play. <laughs> Love that. Like I, I seriously, I wish I was musically yeah. inclined to do that. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's just, it's. I mean, it's very therapeutic, and it's how yeah. I really relate to God. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then when Leah got old enough to not just you know lay there while I'm doing it, she would climb on me and like want to bang on the keys, and I would actually like get really frustrated because yeah. Like, I want to sing right now. <laughs> like, I want to have time with God. And yeah. as, as she it got older, that that struggle, like I had to figure out creative ways of doing that. And so like, yeah, it's putting on a worship song on TV and like casting it to TV, like just singing along and letting Aaliyah play and climb all over me. Yeah. Um, like even if it is just in the background. Yeah. You know, like it's there. Yeah. It's and there. Well, again, I think like what you said though, like even if it's in the background— you're you mentioned like you're kind of doing it to like break up that mundane yeah. part of home like but even then you're doing it because you're still like even though you're watching the kids and you know playing house you're like still you're you're I trying to cry it. out to God. I, yes. Yeah, it's for me like, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they might, you might be in the middle of playing Barbies or or kitchen but you know at the same time you're like no I, I need you Jesus right mm-hmm. now. And I think if you are doing that again you're modeling that for your kids. So, like yeah. your kids are then seeing yeah. like oh it's okay to like multitask in a sense and like it's okay to do it in different ways mm-hmm. other than to have to sing and put my hands up and close my eyes and yep. uh, to do those moment momentary things it's like how do you live it mm-hmm. you know and I think prayer is even that other thing that's like that's complicated and we tried to really incorporate that at home mm-hmm. um but again like crew doesn't speak He's like, I think he's like a caveman. It's like all like <laughs> two syllable words, but they're whole sentences. Like, I that, I that, which is like, I want that. Um, and so like teaching him to pray, we still do it though. Like, even yeah. though he can't speak, like I actually took a class at HU. One of my favorite classes ever was lifespan development. And they mm. talked about like the psychology uh, and the, how the brain functions as, and then how it plays a role in faith. Yeah. And like a baby in the womb can actually hear you. Yeah. yeah. And so why that's why you know they say moms you should read. It's like could you imagine like just read scripture out loud mm-hmm. to your kids sometimes. Yeah. Sing, Listen to worship, worship music yeah. sometimes. And then your kid becomes accustomed to those things. Mm-hmm. Uh and like Ren loved and she still loves to read and Cruz picking up reading, but they can listen and hear you read like Bible verses to them. Yeah. Um, 
now their attention spans mm-hmm. definitely a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But that's actually one thing we do and our church does this regularly is we have our kids in worship. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And I, yeah. w- um, the, the pastor's wife at our church in Thailand was the kids ministry director and I used to intern with her in California. Oh, okay. So before we went to Thailand um, and she always wanted to incorporate this at the church, but it's, it's, I mean, it's really hard it's to get Why an American church Yeah, because, um, you know, we have, we have the space, we have the nursery, we have the people who can, who can take them. Why are we having parents look after their kids? But it's for this, this is what we're talking about now. Yeah. It's like, Amazing. because actually they're the ones who are discipling them yeah. mm-hmm. and actually worship. Yes, we, it is for the parents. And so we kind of found this compromise where one or two Sundays a month, um, you know, the kids are in the other, the other times they're, they're out, but we yeah. really want to incorporate them in worship. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Aaliyah and Naomi, uh, still, we have, you know, the nursery, uh, our church that they can go to, but they never go right away because they always come in with us for worship mm-hmm. wow. and because they're, they're always expecting to do that. Yeah. That's cool. And actually from an early age, I think, you know, Renee recognized that when they would come, when we would come to our church, our church is loud music and we would come to, to worship, um, once they were newborns, they would, both girls would sleep just, during that's worship. That's their nap time. That's their nap yeah. time. Ren did that. Remember yeah. when she was, what, six to 10 months old? Yeah. yeah. We'd be in the back of a small church with it. it it's loud. And no matter what, she'd just sit there and like if another in the fire was on, <laughs> like she'd just, she'd still put her head down and just kind of, you yeah. just rock her to sleep. Mm-hmm. And but I it, love that. But even in the womb, I think she was just feeling them yeah. Like, oh, yeah. moving during yeah. worship. And so yeah, it's like that time is something so cool. that they're hearing. And so, Exposure. you know, if you're mm-hmm. young, pregnant mom, yeah. you know, God, bring, <laughs> bring yeah. your kids to worship yeah. when they're in the womb. But <laughs> yeah. don't stop there. And We've like, ta- yeah, don't be afraid of what that. people are going to think. Because actually, like oh. you said, the, Lord, the music's so loud if their babies went bring, um, you know. Or he's screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we've done that, actually. And I, I think that's always a great uh, thing to consider because so— we have a lot of kids here at Life, and there's there's sometimes like 20 babies in, like, in our nursery at a time. Um, our curriculum allows the kids to worship, and, and our leaders are always like really big on like, no, our kids need to understand worship. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and there's a model and a system for them to learn the development of worship through it. Like um, we sing some really goofy songs with, was it Ollie, the owl Ollie, he leads? Yes. And so we do some worship songs uh, with them. And then as you go into like elementary school, it's different. Well, when we brought in um, our middle school leader, Sarah, one thing we talked about was she was like, can we incorporate middle schoolers in this? I think they need to because once they graduate high school, then it's all of a sudden the shell shock of like, I've never really been in communal worship before. And so our middle schoolers, we have the, that pit. I don't know if you guys saw that when you came. We have a little section just like the high school says the pit. Yeah. So our middle school students, we started incorporating them into our worship as well. Um, and our high schoolers, are, are their expectation is they're in all of service now. There's no any anything separate outside mm-hmm. of uh, or on a Sunday at least that yeah. their expectation is to be there. Um, and it's kind of builds them up to like you should gather together and do this corporate worship. Yeah. But we've also um, we've done it where we've had Baptism Sunday. Uh, we didn't have any childcare at all or anything. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, even though like it's, like you said, it's, mess is a great word. <laughs> yeah, like you can give kids coloring activities and stuff, and it lasts for a little bit, but they don't want that. And I yeah. love, I love when you hear kids like playing, crying, and yeah. screaming in church because like I know some people say it's a distraction, 
But I'm like, but this is the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're called to do I'm sure there were people yeah. like kids crying when Jesus was, you know, feeding the 5,000. Yeah, right. right? Well, I, even, I even say this, like I've talked with our children's and, and our youth ministries, and I'm just always talking about like, you know, the design of the first church really was just like, I don't think they had a nursery, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but I mean, we do it today because it, it does fit because there are a lot of unchurched families who don't know what it's like to worship in. Yeah. And so we want to teach their kids and we want to teach them separately. But yeah. like the goal going back to it is like, but then how are we then equipping the family to yeah. do it? Because do that's where it started. Yeah. Like people were laying down their lives for this. And yeah. I, like it's such a, like a primitive thing sometimes, but it's also like one of the most simplistic things. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you just, just bring your kids. Have an expectation for them. Set those goals. And I think that was the other thing we talked about was goals, right? So there's a goal on a Sunday morning. Like, for the first-time person to come in uh, to a church um, or maybe someone coming back from church hurt or whatever, we, our goal is to show them, like, no, we want you to worship. We don't really care how that is. And we want you to—we're going to pray corporately, and we want to pray with you and for you, and we'll give you a teaching and all this stuff. There's a goal mm-hmm. on a Sunday— but we talked about, like, do we have a goal at home? Like, right. what is our goal then with our kids? And I think that's something that we don't talk about enough. It's like we just do it. But then what's—obviously the goal is, like, we want them to know Jesus. Yeah. But have you ever thought through that? Like, are there any specific goals you're trying to make uh, with your family when it comes to prayer and mm-hmm. when it comes to worship? Yeah, maybe more principles than goals. Oh, um, yeah. I was just— as we're talking, a huge thing I'm picking up is like modeling. It's yes. just so important. Yeah. yeah. For example, we, I mean, we bring our kids to our small groups. It's messy and loud. <laughs> and often I'm just not actually participating because I'm carrying <laughs> yeah. them around. But one time after bringing Aaliyah so many times and we were all gathering to pray, I don't even know how, she was probably just one, but we saw her just like close her eyes and Aww. put her hands together. Love it. And just kind of like mouth some words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but- like, that's like the power of just modeling yeah. and being exposed to prayer and worship for, yeah. for a child. Yeah. Like, that's how they learn, right? Yeah. Just they're, in general. They're sponges. They yeah. literally watch everything you do. And I was actually going to <laughs> mention the same thing when Taylor was talking about crew. Like, he doesn't understand, but he knows when we pray mm-hmm. and there's food in front of us that we stop. And he'll, he'll kind of put his it. head down and he looks around, but he knows to be quiet because he knows what that time means, you know? Yeah. So just like, that, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> but that repetition of just like, you know what I mean? Being consistent with yeah. them and, and being that model. Yeah. So I love that because they yeah. do pick up on that. Absolutely. They, they know. So. Well, it takes a lot of that. Like it's, it's intentionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we all have Absolutely. the same amount of time to do mm-hmm. things. Um, it really comes with like, if our heart is in the right place to say, I'm spending this time devoted to teaching my kids mm-hmm. about Christ, it's in whatever way it comes. Like yeah. if it's in singing songs, if it's in teaching them how to pray before we eat or before bed, like we do all of the prayers we do. Um, sometimes even like if we're like when we go on vacation, we've done like we or if like the house is like uh, a emotional mess when we're leaving like we stop and I'm like we're praying yeah we get in the car and then we pray I do I'm like let's just stop let's just go to God and it is a reset you know it does it it kind of sets the tone going forward so Mm -hmm. yeah what would you say I'm I'm curious what would you say our goals are in Mm -hmm. our home well I mean like yeah the underlying goal for all of us is we want our kids to know Jesus right but I think one of the things is like it's almost like I, I like the principles thing too. And it's like almost like a, I say milestones in my head. 
Like yeah. at, at what age is Ren going to, without, without us asking, when is she going to just pray for her food? Mm-hmm. Or when is she going to teach crew? Or you know what I mean? So I think for our house, that's been something we've tried to talk through is like, we're trying to create independence. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. again, that's a big, big problem. I think maybe this is, I don't know if it's just global church or American church, like kids need their own faith. Yeah. Yes. And so while we're modeling, how are we really teaching them? Like you need to learn this in your own way with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't just do it just like dad does it. Don't or just because do you're it. supposed to. Yes. You out, know? Of, out of relationship yeah, out of is yeah, yeah, like, right. Relationship I, is yeah. what is the most important thing yeah. is having a genuine true relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. knowing who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And know? I think that's we've and, talked about that a lot. Is like I want our kids to be independent from my faith and right. have their own faith yes. with the Lord. And I think that's where things will flourish, and that's where they'll be able to genuinely disciple other people and to share more of who Jesus is. And because that's what worked for them, um, and there might be things that we do that they're like, eh, like, I didn't really like that. <laughs> but at the same time, like, it's it's not so much the little thing that they may or may not like. It's like, but I still love that you showed me Jesus through all of it. Right. It's the overall yeah. picture of right? it. Mm-hmm. And I even go back to like, and I'll throw a plug in for Mitch. Like, we talked about how. So when we were in middle school together, uh, I was definitely not a church kid, and Mitch was definitely a church kid. (laughs) (laughs) Polar opposites, both played sports, both played trombone uh, in band. Going to high school, we we quit the band side and play sports. But, like, your dad, and I'm sure maybe this was in your family because, I I mean, maybe I could be wrong, but you were inviting and being intentional about having other people around you all the time. Mm -hmm. And I remember you inviting me, like, when oh when the snow delays happened, we knew we were going to yes. play dunk ball at College yes. Park. <laughs> that was days. the thing. But I looked forward to just being in the presence of someone who cared about me. Hmm. And so, but Mitch is learning at that phase of his life, like how to have an independent relationship with God. While it's not always set in stone, and we're still searching and struggling yeah. and developing, like he's now trying to teach me. And I look back on my journey of finding Christ, and that was when we were twelve. Yeah. And like we're learning that still from our parents. And so it's the same thing. It's like you're learning something at home. Mm-hmm. So how are we teaching our kids to value something that mm-hmm. is going to make a difference that you you might not see right now? Because like that's the other thing I think in our goals is it's hard to measure sometimes. We've said like you can't measure a heart. Yeah. Like you can, I guess, if you're like by the fruits of their labor or whatever, like the way that they live. But yeah. even then you can't really measure a heart. Mm-hmm. But they're – there's like this uneasiness, but like, I don't know how to explain it. Knowing everything we're doing today, when when our when our kids are gone from our home, did I do enough? And I just want everything that I do to be so intentional now that I have assurance. Like when they're 18 and they're whatever, when they're gone, I'm like, now they've got it. Yeah. Like that brings me yeah. peace. On that, just when you're sharing about middle school, you yeah. know, and just that independence, I think when I look when I look back on, you know, young Mitch inviting Taylor to play ball yeah. and hang out, I think a big thing that I heard growing up, my dad was a youth pastor. Mm-hmm. So his job was reaching kids that were lost. Mm-hmm. Um, actually when he got the job, he said, I'm not babysitting church kids. Uh, yeah. we're gonna reach we're gonna reach the lost. And that was his heart. Mm-hmm. He yeah. grew up in a like non-churched family. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents got divorced. And so he, he really had a heart for those kids that were really like him when he was uh, growing up. And so I, I didn't have that experience. Mm -hmm. I grew up, my dad was the 
was was his his job yeah. was <laughs> leading kids to Christ, right? <laughs> yeah. And so um, I think the thing I heard all over was you know being salt and light and and, sh- mm. and letting you know the 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 light of Christ shine through you, mm. which I think is that modeling that we we're talking about. Yeah. But I think one of the things I realized is that I had all these assumptions about about myself and other people that I, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll I'll get them to church and I'll invite them to come and hang out and do the youth group stuff and all of that. um, Because then they're going to hear, you know, from my dad or from whoever's (laughs) speaking that night, um, the gospel. Um, But I think one of, one of my goals and one of our goals is, is that actually our kids become just almost naturally evangelists. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I wish I had done more when I was as a kid is not just end at inviting kids to things, but actually just ask them questions about Jesus. Like, yeah. do you know Jesus? Yeah. Um, because that was something that I think I, I had to really discover later on. I mean, I, my parents are awesome. And like mm-hmm. my parents did all of this stuff with me growing up. But um, I think that's one thing I really have a goal is to really just lead, lead, leading our kids to talk about it so naturally in the home and not just, not just telling them, hey, be a good example, but actually reminding them that, you know, that there are kids that don't know Jesus. And isn't that sad, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And yeah. uh, and actually, we know Jesus. And doesn't he comfort us? Isn't he, all of these things we've been talking about, right? Okay. Isn't he give us joy? Like when we when he answers our prayers, we thank him for those things. All like these things we're talking about, it's like, you know what? There are, our friends don't actually know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And your, some of your friends at school might not know him. Mm-hmm. And so let's, let's, let's like pray for them. And uh, I, I just heard this story um, from a guy um, who lives in Huntington, and he has a—I don't know how old his son is, but he has a, a son. I think he's elementary age, and his son just started sharing about Jesus with his friend at school, and just, just, just basically asking this kid who didn't know Jesus and saying, "Hey, Jesus." can help you with that, right? Have you considered praying? And so he, he just brings Jesus into the conversation and you know, the dad's like, Hey, that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. And the son is just kind of like, but that's just what we do. Like it was just, and I just thought, wow, what a parenting win. I was like, I want that story. (laughs) And the dad was just kind of blown away by it. But yeah, because I think it's hard to at um, a middle school level to, it's hard as adults for some people to talk about Jesus, right? Because you never know the reaction you're going to get. And that can be kind of, you know, for us non-confrontational people, (laughs) can be a little intimidating, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine a middle schooler going and doing that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. And just going up to them and be like, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you, you know, consider praying. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to like even— right now witness the impact you had on Taylor at that age. You know what I mean? And just watching how that has come full circle. So just teaching kids, I think, to be bold in their faith, Mm -hmm. you know? It's a whom shall I fear. Right. And if you rest in that, it's like that confidence to be like, I know who God is. I'm spending time with him. I'm reading his word. I'm praying to him. Mm -hmm. I'm talking with him. I'm in relationship with him. Whom shall I fear? And if right. we can have that type of faith for our kids, and then they can go in and be like, well, Dad, that's the expectations. Yeah. Set the expectation right. at home yeah. Yeah. and be like, this is who you're worshiping. It's the God of Scripture. And, yeah. and then then your lifestyle, I think, reflects that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah, I think it's—this is, again, this is that topic, like, we could talk forever. Yeah. 
about worship. And I, I feel like we're going to have to have like part two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, nine, ten. Yeah. yeah. But I, like I think the reality video is. video chat, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys friends are leaving, leaving us. <laughs> back for, for Thailand yeah. soon. But no, I think uh, the great takeaway too is like it's a lifestyle. Worship mm-hmm. is a lifestyle. No one has the right model. No one has the right way of doing everything. Um, but we know who the way was. And so if we look to scripture and to know that Jesus already paid it for us Mm -hmm. and to give him thanks for that and to understand that it's all about what he did on the cross, the finished work uh, to bring us to that bold faith and to share that with other people. Like if we can really rest in that, it it convicts us because like it starts here Mm -hmm. and we have to be that change that you want to see in the world. But really like we do. Mm-hmm. And we have to step up, I think, as parents and, and even not just parents. Like this whole thing goes beyond just having a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Like there's 18-year-olds. Uh, maybe you're a parent with a 20-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 40-year-old even. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you don't have kids, but you have friends. Like mm-hmm. there's people that you have influence around that still need to know the same stuff. Yeah. 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 I think parenting is so spot on because it's your your primary discipleship yeah. and you're with them like how many hours like yeah, hours 3, a, year. a year yeah <laughs> but well then for, some yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then for for anyone else it's just who who is your primary discipleship yeah, yeah. Um, or your spiritual children yeah 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 because yeah. um, yeah, actually i think mm-hmm. we're all called to make disciples yeah, yeah. that's not Absolutely. something that you know i just shared at a church and i said actually i, I i'm not going to get on this today because it's a different topic but <laughs> i think we're all called to mission as well yeah. yes. um and uh yeah and yeah, I think I think that's a part of it. Is who 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 are you showing Jesus to, mm-hmm. and who's the primary people? Because if it's not your your biological kids yeah. or adopted kids or whoever, yeah. then who is it? Yeah. Is it because, a teacher? Yeah, or class? Someone. yeah. Someone. it's not like right. just because you don't have biological family uh, that you don't have a mission field. Yeah, because like, we're designed for community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the like, Great Commission was to go make disciples in all yeah. nations, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what we were told to do. And so I think we have to be like you have to be prayerful about that. Like you can't just assume that. And it may happen this way, but you can't just be walking around town doing your own thing and just hope that people are going to walk in your way. Like they might walk through your path and you might have that opportunity, but like be prayerful. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a whole group of people I think we could all think about that are near and dear to our hearts, whether they're families, friends, friends of friends um, that need Jesus uh, because there's hellbound people. There's people that are going to die uh, and eternally it just, it burdens my heart to know that there's so many people that I know and love today um, to know that they may be on the path that I once was on, but to show them that like I yeah. once was on the same path mm-hmm. as you. Um, and so, yeah, of course, it's easier to say in your home, here's your target audience. Yeah. And I also even say that's actually really hard because um, yeah. yeah. they are. the. I've, I've said this forever, and this is my personal opinion. The people closest to you are sometimes the hardest to reach, mm-hmm. especially when they've known yeah. what the truth is to whatever extent. I feel like it's harder than someone who's never heard. Um and that's, you know, obviously up for debate. But again, we all need to be prayerful and mm-hmm. intentional. Like there's people who need the message of Christ. How are we going to model that and exemplify who he was um, for them? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't want to skip out on this part because I know you guys have a resource or maybe two for us that you wanted to share. Um, so I want to make sure we get that in here for everyone because I think this is great. Yeah. You had asked us about cross-cultural parenting. Yeah. And I, you know, I just barely shared, I think about living cross-culturally in the church. And, uh, you know, I think living in Thailand, it's just our experience of church has been different because you realize that you're, you're living cross-culturally, but actually that's no different than here. Um, I think more and more that's becoming apparent in America and other Western countries, but the reality is we are, we are foreigners 
on this earth. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, we're, we're, we identify with like Israel in Babylon. We live like exiles yeah. and we're longing for our home. Yeah. And, but our home's not a physical Jerusalem, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, it's yeah. the new Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so I think you experience that a lot more like viscerally <laughs> yeah. living cross-culturally. Yeah. And, and that's something that can be really challenging for your kids because they're experiencing it not just being different from a different culture. You know, we have a, an American culture and Aaliyah has a, a, a new they have American culture when they go to school and when they interact with their friends, um, but they're also growing up in Thailand. Yeah. And so a, a great resource we found was, is called Swirly. It's mm-hmm. a book called Swirly. It's really cute. Yeah. yeah. It also made us cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> made me That's cry, which is saying which something. Which is big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a girl from a Blue, blue, town blue town who moves to a yellow country. Her, her parents moved. Her parents moved yeah. to a yellow country. Okay. And so they have a blue house amongst yellow houses and their family is blue. And she goes to play with the yellow kids and she's different and she starts wow. to stick out and do things differently. But over time, she starts to learn some yellow ways and starts to learn how they play. And so she gets some yellow swirls. And oh. so like, there's like these blue swirlies all over her. Cool. And so it starts to mix. And so now she's mixed with like blue and yellow and like green. Because yeah. as she mixes with yellow, it's like not quite yeah. the same. Yeah. But then she goes home and her, and her family goes back to the, the blue, blue country, country. Mm-hmm. and they interact with their family and she's playing with her cousins and they're, they're talking and she's finally, I'm in a place where I belong. Right. Yeah. This is kind of what she's saying in the book. And, and then her cousins start treating her like she's different because she has these yellow swirls yeah. now huh. and green and green. Yeah. And yeah. so they're, they're looking at her and they're like, you're, you're different. Why did you do that? And so now she feels like I don't belong here. I don't belong there. Where do I belong? Then her family moves to the red country and in the red country, it's just as different as the first time, but she meets another friend who has other swirls Mm -hmm. and uh, he's got some red swirls, but he's also got some orange and um, I don't know what other color, (laughs) but he's he's swirly. Um, And so she starts to play with him and realizes, Hey, this is maybe this is where I belong is just anyone who's different. And so she goes over to his house and, um, and she asks, they're, they're talking and the, they meet the mom and the mom is swirly too. And she said, I didn't know there were swirly adults. <laughs> and, I love that. and the mom is, is, says that, yeah, we, we actually, we actually know Jesus. And did you know that Jesus was swirly too? And the mom shares the story of how Jesus was born in a country of his own, but he had to live in another place yeah. and move away yeah. from his home. And then later he moved back to his home <laughs> and he never quite fit in. And it was just, as I was reading it, I just started that crying because like, oh, I just realized God. like, wow, I, I was, you know, fearing for what is this going to do to yeah. Aaliyah and Naomi? Absolutely. But I actually just realized that actually Jesus had something really special because he identifies with each of us. Mm-hmm. And it may not be that, you know, exact kind of story, but I actually think there's something like that where we, we all, I think, feel that like, out, where do I belong? Yep. Where, mm-hmm. you know, and actually the reality is Jesus knows what it means to not belong, mm-hmm. to be a foreigner, to be an outcast. And, uh, and actually we belong to him. We belong with him. And actually that's where we find our belonging. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I just want to share that resource. Cause I, I think even if you don't live cross country, if you do, if you do live cross culturally and anyone listening has yeah. kids that, um, 
they they feel this way. Get the book. It's it's great. It's so well, hey, amazing. even in the Love Midwest, that. you could say there's the city and the country. Yeah, yeah. so you could say yeah. There's For like, real. I really think anyone can relate. Yeah. To yeah. That. Oh, yeah. you guys, we we all we've all lived in California. Right. right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and moving from Indiana world. to California, <laughs> I felt swirly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Well, and then like think that's cool because then the identity piece you're talking about is like the real identity is found in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah, so like, so it's good. so cool. Like you're, and you're teaching your kids in a really fun, cool way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll definitely, we'll get the resource mm-hmm. from you and we'll link that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be in our resources tab and yeah. it'll be in our descriptions. But well, that way, again, we like to share those yeah. stories because yeah. you've quickly. learned something. Go ahead. I have two more. Oh, please. Um, just, <laughs> oh, it'll no. be fast. No, we're going to win all these. We're yeah. So first, I don't know if we talked about it with you guys, but we have the Jesus Storybook Bible. I don't know. Yes. If, it's like a children's Bible, but it's, more it's like a story and the tagline is every story whispers his name and so from the old testament to when jesus is born and dies um it ties it all to jesus and aliyah loves reading it and like honestly when i'm reading it out loud i'm like trying really hard not to cry (laughs) because it's just it it like shows in the old testament stories like well, this happened and this king failed, but God was just waiting to send the king who was going to save us all, you know? And just getting to know Jesus like that and basically having, reading the word aloud Mm -hmm. to your kids and with them is it just saturates. It's so good. So good. And another one is one that I actually borrowed from the library here. And a very pleasant surprise is called God Gave Us Prayer. And it's a picture book. um, And it is a story of a, a little wolf puppy um who's asking his mom about prayer like you know what were you doing mom and she's like oh I was praying um and eventually he all his other friends are asking like well can I pray about this and this and the mom says this is how you can pray and it shows a prayer and then it says now you pray um there was a situation where there's a bear who's scared of the dark and so this they they give an example of how the bear prays and it's like well how do you now you pray, Jesus, you know, I'm scared of the dark. Um, please help me, um, help me to dream about, and there's a blank. And so the kid can oh. say, help me to dream about my family and, oh, yeah. and, and whatever. So cool. And so that. it kind of is like yeah. a Everything we're talking about, this ladder. book would be like a great setup yeah. for a yeah. parent that doesn't know where to start. Yep. Yeah. Um, or a parent kind that of. feels like they know where to start. I mean, we mm-hmm. loved it and we, we're like, we're always looking for things like that. Yeah. No, no, actually we are, for the beginning of our faith, not to like keep, Sorry to drag this on, but like, no. like the beginning of our faith, like when we're, we had a kid fairly, you know, shortly after coming into our faith, uh, I learned things through children's books. Yeah. And there's times where we, when we actually first volunteered in children's ministry, mm. and I'll never forget Proverbs 1 5, wiggle like a worm. I don't know what it means, <laughs> but I'm like sitting there, I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I'm learning from it because it's yeah. like when you take Spanish in high school, you learn like, children's rhymes and yeah. you learn mm-hmm. uh, you learn in memory, simple terms though like, you just you never be sometimes. afraid to learn from something like yeah. i know there's different ways we all learn but like i think it's cool that you're you're teaching your kids but don't be afraid to start anywhere and to tell them like you know i'm still learning it too yeah. but i want to sit down with you and try to really figure out what this means like yeah. just you have to start and i think yeah. those are great resources mm-hmm. so Thank you guys for sharing that. Thank you guys for being here today. I know yes. we, we kind of added into your uh, busy itinerary <laughs> back in the it States. It was a pleasure. This was really yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, no, I wish, you know, maybe you guys can fly back more and take some sabbatical and 
just come do this again. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll, you know, get you guys on video chat. Yeah. 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 Maybe That'd you guys awesome. stay up at midnight and we'll be back here at noon. We'll do it We could do like 8 or 8 a.m. p.m. Yeah, we could for sure. But yeah, no, thanks, Mitch, Renee, for being here with us. And again, we look forward to maybe, you know, in the future doing this again with you. Yeah, we'd love to. Thank you for the resources and again, your fellowship for today. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Thank you guys for joining us for part two with Mitch and Renee Vizeau. For more resources and information, visit our Life Church Huntington app. Go to resources, finding the family, and there you'll find all of our additional information. We look forward to seeing you guys next week.